Hello and welcome to Access Chat. I'm really pleased that we're joined today by Michael Cooper, who I've known for a while now, but, but for those of you that don't know, Michael is the, a web accessibility technical lead at the W3C for the Web Accessibility Initiative. And prior to that, and which is how I know Michael, was staff contact to the technical groups um, and is continuing to work with the, the accessibility working groups um, so he's worked at the W3C since 2006, and I knew him when I was contributing to the Cognitive Accessibility Task Force. So that's an awful lot of acronyms, <laughs> but essentially, you know, the, the W3C Worldwide Web Consortium is the, the thing that designs the standards of how the internet and the World Wide Web operates, including interoperability with assistive tech and accessibility. And, that's what we're all about, and that's why it's great to have Michael here. So, Michael, um, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing and how you fell into accessibility in 2006? <laughs> or maybe before. Sure. Um, so, uh, as uh, people know, uh, Judy Brewer, who was uh, director of the Web Accessibility Initiative for 25 years, um, has uh, stepped back from the role. Um, so I've been involved, uh, I've been an employee of the Web Accessibility Initiative since 2006, uh, worked with the technical groups. Uh, I've garnered a lot of experience with how W3C works, as well as a broad understanding of the technical challenges of uh, accessibility on the web. So uh, I, I said that I thought I had something to offer uh, to, to step in. Um, and uh, so right now I'm stepping into some of Judy's role, um, primarily uh, working on you know what's our strategy going forwards. Um, everything at W3C is changing. Uh, the, the organization is shifting from a model hosted by four universities to an independent legal entity um, uh, that's changing uh, how our operations work. Um, and and it, it, the legal entity is operated by a board of directors. Um, so, so we now have, you know, different sources of guidance for our, our directions. Um, so, you know, as W3C moves forward, uh, the Web Accessibility Initiative uh, needs to look at, you know, how are we moving forward along with all of this? Um, so, um, uh, I'm working uh, with the uh, staff in the Web Accessibility Initiative to, uh, you know, identify really how do we best support accessibility of the web, um, yeah, you know, specifically from our role within W3C, um, which includes uh, the, the guidelines that we write, um, the, the technologies that we create, um, such as ARIA, to, to fill gaps. Um, uh, the, the education that we do uh, that makes sure that people are paying attention to all of this. Um, you know, there, there's a, you know, a, a lot of different components to it. Um, and uh, uh, so we're, we're determining uh, that work, but uh, it's very clear to me uh, that uh, a lot of this work is being done by other organizations. So uh, as we look at what is, what is our center of expertise in the uh, W3C, I also want to look at, you know, how can we collaborate with other organizations to maximize the value of each other's work? 
Um, and, you know, going back to your question on some of my background, this comes out of my my own personal background. I, uh, before joining W3C as staff, I, I worked uh, on the accessibility tool, Bobby, uh, the, uh, the, the first, uh, not arguably the best, but the first web accessibility uh, evaluation tool. Um, you know, that, that was a great entry to the field for me. And I actually came to that from my uh, master's degree in education. Um, so that background, uh, it, although I have a degree in education, it steered me into accessibility and uh, is uh, very helpful to the uh, transition that we're going through right now. Excellent. So I, I know Deborah and Antonio have both got questions, and I, I fondly remember Bobby. Because I've also been yeah. for a very long time, um, um, so I think you know it's very important that we have web standards and 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 particularly standards around accessibility because so much happens on the web. Stuff happens beyond the web, of course, and on mobile. And I know that W3C works with other standard bodies and creates standards for all sorts of other things as well specifically for accessibility, but um, there's been quite an, an evolution um, in the thinking about how those standards get delivered. So a lot of people are familiar with WCAG, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines, and version one and version two, whilst two was an evolution, we are also working on Three, which is taking a very different approach to to stuff. So I think that that I, perhaps that's something we'd, we'd we'd like to look at because it's I I think there's some changes there, um, but also um, you know, I'm interested to see how not only is there an approach a, a change in approach to the standards and your governance and everything else, but the world is changing very dramatically and off air we talked about how technology is changing and how do we serve the community because access chat is a, you know, about our community. We're not the most technical uh, of accessibility communities. We're a sort of disability inclusion technology broad church community, although some of us work in a technical field. So how is something like WCAG 3 going to address some of those you know the non-technical issues or the more the usability issues the blurring of the boundaries that the cognitive accessibility things often um raised that 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 proved to be a challenge when you've got black and white Thank you. criteria that were quite often the case in success criteria for the way that stuff had been done in previous iterations of standards. And then I'll stop talking. Okay, so yeah, I'm uh, taking notes so I can try to address your questions. So, um, Uh, I, I think I'll answer the middle of your question <laughs> first. Um, in, in, in terms of... Uh, you know, how, how do we stay on top of uh, technology evolution? Obviously, the world has changed a lot during the time that W3C has been around and, and WAI has been around. And uh, you, you know, both uh, technical changes and social changes have impact uh, impacted how we do our work. 
Um, you know, and, you know, in particular, there's been a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, focus on more agile development aspects rather than taking years and years to develop a, a standard, you know, they should come through, uh, you know, much more quickly. And, and uh, you know, if there's a long tail to development, it should be in the incubation stage. Um, uh, in the Web Accessibility Initiative, we've been able to adapt, adopt that approach for some of our technologies like ARIA. Uh, we're struggling with how to adopt that to the guidelines um, because, you know, so much uh, is interdependent um, uh, in the guidelines, and, you know, and you know, it, if you do one thing and not another, uh, you know, the consequences, it's hard to, to look them through. So um, uh, yeah, that's been a challenge with us. Um, uh, but also some of that challenge, I think, comes from the history of, uh, you know, how, how WCAG uh, was developed and came out in the world. Um, uh, WCAG 1 uh, was an initial set of guidelines that was really focused on, you know, HTML of the time um, and was was very useful, but then was quickly outdated. Um, and so they said, let's do WCAG 2, that will be more technology independent, um, uh, you know, but then it took 10 years. Um, and then we said, well, um, we're never going to need to touch this again until 2020, so let's stop. Um, uh, you know, eventually the need to update the guidelines uh, came around. We were struggling with both immediate needs, which led to booking 2.1 and 2.2, um, but also uh, really discovering that there were things that we could not uh, do in our accessibility guidelines uh, while meeting the requirements that we had set for ourselves for WCAG 2. Um, and those requirements made sense at the time uh, with the technology that was there um, and the, the policy and evaluation environment that we were working in. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, again, technology has changed and, and the, the way policies use the guidelines uh, may evolve. So uh, we need to think freshly about what are our actual constraints uh, and, and requirements. Uh, so for OK3, we are trying to think much more broadly about that. How, how can we uh, address more use cases uh, um, yeah, you know, more more user groups. Um, that in turn involves thinking through new ways of uh, defining uh, guidance and uh, evaluating that it's been done, assuring oneself. Um, you know, so there's exploration with different types of testing, different types of conformance models. Um, the the big worry I think in the working group overall is you know how is the the policy community going to receive this and you know some people feel uh, that it's a it's a great innovation that, that will help a lot some are worried that it will not seem cut and dried enough but we're really re really working at uh, coming up with policy compatible um, uh, guidance. Um, so uh, this is an important uh, move to increase basically equity in uh, web accessibility guidance. Um, unfortunately, although we said, yeah, we're going to do this in five years, um, you know, we're now going to be at least 10 years by the time that's out. Um, I'm hoping that with some of the uh, changes that have been going on in W3C's evolution that we might be able to pick up on it. The chairs and I have certainly learned a lot in the past couple of years about how, how to move this work forward effectively. I think there are some new ideas we're coming up with. Um, but yeah, that's a situation we're in it now and at the point in the moment. I will say that one of the requirements for WCAG 3 is that it be something that takes less than 20 years to update. 
Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what the mechanism will be, but we envision that there would be some kind of a model for updating guidance every year or so, you know, in a way that, you know, doesn't make old guidance go obsolete and whatnot. Wow. You seem like you have a really hard job, Michael. Um, I, I, I just want to say for the um, anyone that doesn't know about Bobby, Bobby was actually designed after I, the UK police, right? It aren't, aren't your UK. I always thought that was so cute. Anyway, I just wanted to say that, but you know, it, it seems like it's really hard at W3C, WCAG, all you're doing. And I remember I also, like Neil, was part of the COGA workforce. And I was shocked as an individual, as a technology leader, at what we were having to work on. I, I, the complexity, the nuance. I know accessibility is nuanced, but the way you do standards, wow. I, it's just not my cup of tea. I, I'm just not that person. But there was a whole bunch of those people in there and giving their time and volunteering. And and so I, I think one thing that would be helpful it, to explain to some of our audience is why is it so complicated? Meaning, um, so it takes 10 years, no, 20 years to update the standards. But let's also take a moment to celebrate what W3C's done. WC3 has gotten WCAG tied into laws in all over the world. That's hard to do. And another reason why it gets complicated when you try to shift it, right? Because you're actually tied to legal and compliance. And if people get this wrong, so it, it is, there's so much more to it. And then we were talking off air a little bit about you know, how assistive technology ties into this. Uh, Antonio Offair was talking about what's happening with social media. There's so many moving parts, Michael. So I would be curious, how in the world do you get your hands around that? But also, how can our communities, our corporate stakeholders, our, our accessibility leaders, our the UNH, how do we get behind this? Because you're fighting for our community to be included. So I feel we have to get behind y'all to help you. But I also wanted you to just talk about the complexity. And I named just some little tiny pieces of it, but I just want to be fair about the successes you've had, but also how complicated this is. Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, your experience in the cognitive accessibility group, they are a group that's focusing, you know, a, a lot on gathering requirements, uh, research, um, there, there's actually a, a reason for that, which is they, they found it was very hard to get people in, in the rest of the working group to understand the reason for guidelines they were asking for. And they basically said, we're, we're going to throw the library at you. Um, so, you know, that, that group is more focused than some of our other groups are. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's produced a lot of really interesting material. But, yeah, it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. Um, some of the other groups, though, you know, like nearly every W3C group has a, a, a reputation for being kind of slow and painful to work with. Um, some of that is because of our consensus process. Um, you know, the, the function of the uh, W3C, which stands for World Wide Web Consortium, is to bring industry together to come to agreement on, on standards. Uh, and when you have uh, voting uh, going on on that kind of thing, it, it gets bad. So, you know, we follow a consensus process, and that includes in our working groups. 
Um, and especially in the accessibility working groups, uh, we go out of our way to make sure that uh, we have stake stakeholder representation from you know, different sectors of industry and government, but also different user groups. Um, so we have a lot of people with a lot of different priorities and also a lot of different uh, amounts of background all kind of trying to talk together. So it, it's a challenging environment. Um, uh, there we're, it, it, we're always working on you know, strategies for improving the conversations, uh, the evolution of, of technologies, uh, you know, collaborative uh, document editing tools and, and uh, you know, Internet based chat tools, things like that, that, uh, you know, are, are creating no, new possibilities, um, uh, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes W3C tends to be a, a, an organization that, that's, you know, slightly behind the times. Uh, you know, that, that's perhaps partly because, you know, technologies generally are invented in the field and then they come to us for standardization. Um, accessibility technologies like ARIA have been an exception. Um, but we've done that because basically nobody else was going to and we couldn't make HTML accessible enough without it was what it came down to. Um, so in terms of, you know, how do we track all the moving parts? Uh, I don't know. I think that's part of what makes my job both difficult but interesting. Um, uh, we, we do have various procedures. Uh, one of our roles in the Web Accessibility Initiative is to perform what we call horizontal review and check that other W3C technologies um, have the accessibility features that they need, don't introduce new accessibility barriers, et cetera. So the Accessible Platform Architectures Working Group routinely reviews all of the technologies that are going on um, and then engages with groups as needed. Um, it's also been doing uh, some of the uh, research uh, in the Research Questions Task Force and putting together a series of user accessibility user requirements documents um, that, that gather knowledge uh, that we can then bring to other groups and, and pull that information together. Um, so um, that said, um, moving parts, I, I think that's one of the things uh, I'd like to see us getting a, a better handle on going forward you know, as we get ourselves uh, reorganized. Um, and, uh, and as far as how can community and uh, community organizations help us, uh, there's a, a number of ways. One is, uh, you know, I think it's very important that, that we are you know, working together towards the common goal of web accessibility and you know, accessibility in, in the world in general. Um, and actually, even in that statement, uh, you know, the web accessibility overlaps with real-world accessibility in increasing ways. Um, you know, web accessibility applies to mobile devices in a way that it didn't in the beginning. Uh, Internet of Things um, have web accessibility considerations now. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we need to work with all of these organizations. Um, uh, you know, we... we uh, of course, need uh, you know you know, people who are interested in the actual work. Uh, uh, many people are intimidated about uh, participating in W three C because they see it as an elite organization, um, uh, and, and uh, 
um, you know, in, in some ways it is, but people can join the organization uh, and bring their expertise to it and be welcomed. Um, so, uh, you know, we uh, probably should do better about um, making the path that people can come in that way. Um, uh, but uh, that's a, a very important way that organizations can help us. Uh, and beyond that, I think that we need to be coordinating uh, on technical and policy levels uh, about what are the uh, what are the pressing issues in the uh, accessibility community? What are the policy efforts, uh, and, and how do we think um, that various bits should come in? Um, and you know, in terms of education and advocacy, we find in W3C in the way that you know, if, if we don't do uh, you know some amount of our own you know advocacy and and, and you know training materials, tutorials, you know, people won't understand how to follow our guidelines. Um, but um, I, I also believe that other organizations are doing that kind of work, um, uh, and we should be uh, collaborating uh, on that. You know, making uh, all of these projects support each other. So, uh, you know, those are some of the ways right now I can think of for organizations to support it. Uh, I, I've got a couple of comments, and I know Antonio's been champing at the bit. Um, uh, I don't think that what Deborah was saying was a, a, a necessarily a, it meant to be a, a criticism. We, we we were awkward as a Koga group, right? Um, and I have a different perspective five or six years down the line uh, now as the person that is globally responsible for all of the programs within my organization about the complexity of compliance and why some of the things that benefit me as a user are difficult to standardize, um, especially when we're looking at legal compliance and stuff like that. So. So I, I, I respect the, the delicate balance that you have to strike when you're doing some of this work. And I can understand perhaps better now than I could when I was on the other side of the fence creating user requirements, the, the conniptions that it would cause for some of the people on the other side that were you know, focused on compliance and in fact their businesses are compliance and, and, and finding ways to consistently test and all the rest of it because a lot of the stuff that we want isn't necessarily consistent and, uh, and, and defining things like um, you know, usable or understandable you know, is, is, a, is a really difficult thing so I so, uh, just wanted to sort of make the the sort of observation that, that I, you have uh, some more sympathy for me now uh, that I've, I've, I've spent some time working on both sides of the fence. Yeah, and, and I'll just say, I mean, I, I didn't take offense to Deborah's observation. Uh, I, I think many people in, in this audience um, will, you know, have experienced or heard the W3C is difficult to work with. So I do want to acknowledge that we know that and we're trying to work be better about that. Um, I, I would say that, uh, you know, WCAG 3 is trying to solve that issue that you're, you're working on. The, the current exploration is um, what, what we're calling procedural tests, where, um, you know, the accessibility uh, outcome that's desired, we don't have a way of testing was this outcome desired because it's 
uh, it's not something directly testable, but you can, you, we can say, well, there's procedures uh, you can follow that will bring you to that outcome. Um, and, and if you can assert that you have followed those procedures, then, you know, that can count as part of your conformance claim. So there's a lot of, you know, questions about that, but it's a way that we're trying to uh, o- open the door to new, to additional types of accessibility guidance. Yeah, and, and and the other thing is that because we're all neurodivergent, we're innately unsuitable to the the ways of working, and especially the ADHDers of you know amongst us for sitting on long calls discussing things uh, and being respectful of each other and not just stepping on each other when and blurting stuff out. So, so just we're you know innately un unsuited to to the patience that is required to stand this creation in general so uh, michael you, you mentioned that you know you started working with uh, uh, with your an organization in, two, in 2006 if i'm not mistaken uh, there was no iphone in 2006 it came in in 2007 yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm sure the young michael was not expecting the boom uh, of uh, of the of the mobile world at the time. What I want to ask is to reflect a little bit in your career, and 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 see what type of advices would you give to people who are joining today to work in the space of accessibility because we need more people uh, definitely. And what advice would you give them? And how could they engage with W3C as well? Because we need to renew uh, <laughs> the people that are in the different panels and are able to contribute. What are your takes in, in this topic? Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, so we, we didn't have... Uh, it was... I'm not sure what the state of mobile phones was actually 2006. We mobile phones were on our radar, but I, I don't think that any of us predicted that they would be used in the way they, they are now. Certainly not so quickly. Um, uh, you know, and that's you know for me, you know, as a professional, it's it's always fun to see how things evolve. Uh, you know, that's one of the exciting things about being involved in in this work and this organization as you're 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 seeing the evolution of technology and and, and perhaps contributing to it. Um, uh, you know, I, I personally think you know I, I came into the job with a, a, you know, a pretty strong knowledge of uh, you know web accessibility techniques of the day um, and technologies of the day, um, uh, and you know f- from that knowledge, I, I I would say that I, I had a, a strong knowledge of you know what I call principles of accessibility. What what are the sorts of issues that could become accessibility challenges? And uh, over time, I've relied on that knowledge more and more and less and less on my specific technology knowledge of what's going on over the world right now. Um, you know, I, I, I try to stay on top of it, um, you know, but there's a lot going on, um, at, you know, and there's a lot of interesting uh, engineering going on. Um, for for people getting into the field, you know, I... I I do think that that's uh, a reason that it's an interesting field to get into. Uh, you know, there's continual evolution, both of how we can solve accessibility challenges, um, but uh, how we uh, address new accessibility challenges. Um, uh, you know, which are uh, you know, there, there, there's always continual work 
in that. Um, and uh, web accessibility work uh, also, you know, you know, brings a greater reach to the to the web. So you know, I think it's something that a lot of people should see value in working in. Uh, education and training are really important. Um, you know, we, we know in the accessibility field, we've been trying to get accessibility worked into curricula. Um, and, you know, there've been some efforts toward it, but it's not as widespread as we would like. Um, uh, so, you know, my advice to people, first of all, is to, you know, seek programs that offer that um, and or to work um, with programs that you're in to, to build that. Um, and yeah, I, I think that that will have the the greatest symbol single impact in uh, in improving accessibility competence in in the industry, and that in turn will circle back to you know uh, awareness and and you know, and work on advancing the field going forward. I believe. Just to follow on that, Michael, uh, when let's say when you were meeting people in two thousand and six, and you when you meet people today. Uh, what evolution have you identified when you have to explain what you do? Well, <laughs> uh, you know, most people uh, are not going to understand any technical explanation of what I do. So I just say I work to make the web accessible to people with disabilities. But if, if somebody does press uh, for for details, um you know, I think at the time, I you know, I would have talked a lot more about the importance of Wukang 2 um, and, uh, you know, about the importance of, uh, uh, you know, paying attention to accessibility from the ground up uh, uh, in, in a site design because of the difficulty of doing it after the fact. Um, so it would have been, I think, very technical focused. Um, if I'm trying to tell somebody my job now, uh, I can talk about all the interesting technologies that, that we've been looking at with an accessibility angle. We've looked at payments and, and vehicles and, you know, web of things, um, you know, uh, uh, machine learning, you know, it, 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 it's, it's fascinating. And, uh, you know, we, we have, you know, specific pieces of guidance related to all of that. Um, uh, you know, I, I can also say uh, that, um, you know, back in 2006, you know, you know, somebody who was very much a part of the accessible web accessibility community would say, oh, W3C, yeah, I've heard of it, or oh, yeah, you're, you're working on WCAG, that's cool. Um, but, you know, now I can say, uh, yeah, I've worked on the web content accessibility guidelines, and people can say, "Oh, yeah, I remember seeing your name at the top there." Um, you know, so uh, you know, people, uh, there's a lot more awareness just in general of the work that we do. Um, I, I think probably because, in part, of the uh, the the uh, the stick of, of the, the the legal side, um, but also I think due to a lot of successful outreach from various parts of the community. Um, so yeah, that's maybe one of the biggest differences. Excellent. Uh, I mean, I think, yes, the world has changed significantly. And you mentioned a AI and machine learning and, and obviously chat GPT has just arrived in people's consciousness, potentially has huge implications for um, all kinds of technologies, including accessibility. So I think that there's a, a ton of stuff to be looked at there. Um, 
I came across something yesterday that looked really interesting for supporting people with Koga needs um, that was based upon space braiding. So this was um, a brilliant idea. Um, so some astrophysicists uh, had um, been working on communications, interplanetary communications. So the delay that you have um, when you uh, are in near space orbit is not too bad. You can have a conversation on the moon. It's still just about, okay, Mars, it's impossible. So they're looking at ways of doing that. And they actually found that also when they developed this braiding technique for having conversations, it also worked for, um, uh, you know, for making conversations mm -hmm. better for introverts and people with cognitive accessibility needs and so on. So, so I think the, the, the joy of, of working in accessibility and in our field is the fact that we get to play with all of these new things. At the same time, we have the challenge of trying to make all of these new things accessible, you know, because quite often, um, you know, I don't think people who were designing chat GPT were particularly thinking about accessibility uh, when they were doing it. So I think there's a whole sort of uh, need to inculcate the need to think about this stuff still in the way that we teach people and encourage people to design tech. Yeah, uh, and uh, the uh, authoring tool accessibility guidelines connects to that. Um, they, they they went to recommendation. I, I don't remember the year, but not you know somewhat after WCAG 2.0. Uh, and then we haven't uh, had scope to update them since then. But uh, uh, that is something that's on our radar as as needing further work. Um, we, we don't know exactly how that might happen, um, but uh, you know there were a number of uh, sites that you know incorporated those principles at the time, but uh, uh, were another generation or two later, and and a refresh is probably needed. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, and I I, I agree that that actually. You know, ATAG is the lesser known of the accessibility standards, but one that has such a huge impact if people implement it. So, um, so yes. yeah, and, and, and does that also fall under the re your your remit the, uh, that you're working on at the moment, or is it something that you're sort of side working on? Uh, you know. Into how W3C uh, makes its decisions. Um, so it, it's something that uh, we see that there is some work needing to be done on. Um, but work to be done in W3C has to be done in a working group um, mm -hmm. that sees a charter uh, that is voted on by the advisory committee, which are representatives of the members of the consortium. And basically, um, some years ago, they declined to recharter the authoring tools working group, um, uh, and we we have um, kept a, sort of a uh, an ember of scope by saying in the accessibility guidelines working group charter that we may touch that space at the very least we might publish a rata for a tag um okay. and that is an ember keeping it alive in the waste space and you know we we uh i think would like to fan the ember but i i'm not sure when or how at this moment <laughs> okay yeah so uh, yeah that's a, a tough question and, and 
good answer. Um, so we, we've reached the end of our time. I think it's been a, a super interesting chat. We're you know, really pleased to have you on um, and, and look forward to the engagement on, on Twitter with the community. We'll be using the Access Chat account, as I understand it, to provide your answers because you're not on Twitter anymore. Some people have migrated to other platforms. Need to thank Amazon and my clear text for keeping us on air and captioned and, and look forward to joining you on, on Twitter shortly. Thank you, Michael. It's been a real pleasure.